Hey, and welcome to Hypnotize Me, the podcast about hypnosis, transformation, and healing. This is Dr. Elizabeth Bonet, and I'm your host. This podcast is not a substitute for mental health treatment, nor should it be. If you need therapy or hypnotherapy, please seek a trained professional. I do hypnosis all over the world, so if you'd like to learn more about me, you can do that at my website, drlizhypnosis.com. That's D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com. Now on to our episode. Hi everyone, Dr. Liz here. I am happy to tell you that my roof is almost done. I know this has been like a saga going on for months and I was so pleased to see the roofers here yesterday and the shingles going on. There's a couple things that they're going to have to do at the end, but it is almost done. Yay. I have actually not been scheduling a whole lot of interviews because of that either being interviewed on someone else's podcast, which I've had a couple of invitations for, or interviews for my own, because it's so unpredictable. So I'm happy to jump back into that for the podcast. So you'll have some interviews coming up in the near future, which I'm excited about. So today I thought I would talk about jealousy and partnerships. Now I get sometimes these strangest calls, okay, as a hypnotherapist, When I didn't do hypnosis and my practice was focused more on simply individuals and couples of regular talk therapy, then sometimes you get a strange call here and there. But when I began doing hypnosis, those increased. It's like people definitely want a magic wand sometimes. They're looking for a solution. So there's actually no judgment from my part around that. When someone calls and says, can you do this? What I see and hear is they're in pain and they want a solution to that. And they'd really like a solution that's fast and quick and they're hoping hypnosis will be that. The other day I got a call from someone looking for hypnosis for jealousy What an interesting question, I thought to myself. Can we do hypnosis to decrease jealousy? She was sort of being driven crazy by her own feelings of jealousy of her husband. And this was interfering with their partnership. This was interfering with their life. Like she would become somewhat obsessed with Where is he? What is he doing? Who is he with? Who is he talking to? And this was not a person who had done anything, anything, anything to give her cause for jealousy. Because sometimes that does happen in partnerships. One partner will try to make the other one jealous, either outright or sometimes subtly. But this was not the case here. This was a very loyal man who always let her know where he was. All his phones and computers and devices were open to her. He had never cheated on her. You know, none of these things that we would say might justify a feeling of jealousy. So she was feeling like she was being somewhat driven crazy by these thoughts and how could she get control of them? Particularly because her partner was also saying, hey, you've got to get control of yourself here. Like, this isn't fun for me either. And it's not. It's really not fun for the partner to have a certain level of jealousy go on. You know, a little, a little jealousy here and there is usually no big deal in most partnerships and, and can be laughed about and brushed off and that's it. But this had gone to another level. 
Now, I did a whole interview about this on the Sexology podcast, which is an excellent podcast. Around this time last year, it aired in April 2017. That's episode 33 of the Sexology podcast. So I'll put the link to that in the show notes so that you can go and listen to that one if you like. We don't talk about hypnosis so much as just the concept of jealousy because there's a component in my practice where I do couples therapy. I've been trained in couples therapy, had a specialty in that for many, many, many years. So I was coming on the podcast as a couples expert in that instance versus a hypnosis expert. And it's an interesting interview. I think you'll enjoy it. But today I'm coming on my podcast as the hypnosis expert because that's the focus here to see could hypnosis help decrease jealousy. Now, let's talk about types of jealousy. There's a reactive when someone experiences their partner being sexually or emotionally unfaithful. So something happens and the partner reacts. There's possessive. So that is when the partner's trying to prevent their partner from having contact with a third party outside of the relationship. And this one goes more into the controlling behavior and sometimes emotional abuse. If someone gets verbally really controlling and cracking down on somebody and sometimes physical abuse as well, this is actually, and I don't say that lightly, jealousy is one of the top motivating factors for domestic violence, actually. So this can lead to lethal consequences There was a study done in Baltimore years and years and years ago where they found that 25 out of 36 cases where men killed their wives was related to jealousy. That is a really high percent, right? That is way over 50%. So when you combine jealousy with domestic violence, it can get really, really dangerous. Now, the third type is an anxious jealousy. So someone ruminating, fantasizing, obsessing about the partner, potentially being unfaithful. So that's the worry, distrust, anxiety component. And perhaps they're not talking about it in the partnership or perhaps they are. It often does come out in that, but it has a slightly different tone to it than the possessive type. So possessive type is they start to go into controlling their partner. Well, don't do this or don't do that, or you can't go there, or you can't have any female friends, let's say, There are some people who feel that way, like once they're in a relationship, then the partner can have zero friendships of the opposite sex. Like they have to cut them off, those friendships. So that is really a possessive type of jealousy. And there's insecurity there around that. Now there's also emotional infidelity and then sexual infidelity. We're pretty clear in the field of couples therapy that people have emotional affairs. They begin to get attached to somebody else. They're talking to them all the time. They're sharing details of their lives. They're sharing details of their intimate partnership as well. And that is a door they've opened into their relationship where that attachment can develop. And then later it very, very, very often becomes physical. It becomes a sexual relationship later, but often it starts as emotional and that's more common for women than men, but it certainly happens with men as well. Men have more distress when their female partner has a sexual affair and women have more distress when their male partners have an emotional affair. So that's a difference that goes on between men and women. 
that holds true across cultures, actually. So they've studied this across cultures. This is not just something that happens in the U.S. where I'm based. Now, another interesting effect is that women tend to be more chronically jealous the more dependent they are on the relationship. So if they're feeling like they're not working, they're staying home with the kids, they don't have any income, they're completely financially dependent, then jealousy will go up. Okay, emotionally too. If that is their only real deep relationship, then the feeling of jealousy will go up in that relationship versus a woman who has a lot of friendships, either male or female, doesn't matter, but other intimate relationships and even family outside of that intimate partnership that she can rely on, talk to, run things by, as well as income, right? If she's working and she has her own income, then she feels less dependent on the relationship. She feels like she does have the ability to leave if she needs to leave. I know that was really a factor in my own relationship when I was married and staying home with my kids for, I did that for about six years or so. And it was definitely a feeling of, I I could not leave if I wanted to. Like I really, in my mind, I couldn't. Now, looking back, there's all kinds of ways to leave. But in my mind at the time, there it just wasn't possible. And I think that's legitimate too. Like I do work with women sometimes where it's like they legitimately have been cut off to access to any funds that the marriage, the partner is bringing in. They don't have family support. They are stuck there unless they rely on friends or something like that. It's a very real effect of not being able to leave. And obviously if there's violence going on, then we have shelters for them and resources and all kinds of stuff so that they can get out of that violent situation, get their children out of that violent situation. But you do find often that women will feel really stuck when there's not violence going on, but their relationship is not happy and they feel like they can't escape. They often have to develop a plan like all right, let me develop a plan of how do I get income and how do I start to go back to work and how do I leave if I need to leave or want to leave. But let's say that the marriage is happy, the partnership is happy, and they don't want to leave, but they are dependent, their jealousy rates will be higher. Now, personality styles are a factor here as well. So you have trait jealousy, which is similar to this concept of trait anxiety. If you listen to the podcast on a regular basis, you know I'm an anxiety expert. And there is this concept of someone who is more anxious than say someone else. So we call that trait anxiety. It's not just circumstantial. They're not just reacting to what's going on in their life. It's like, this is the person that'll come in and say, I've been anxious my whole life. I remember worrying as a kid and my mom trying to calm me down. That's falls more into trait anxiety. Now, trait jealousy is a very similar concept. This is someone who, for as long as they can remember, this was an issue for them, let's say. This is not just this particular relationship or this particular time in their life. So that's more trait jealousy. Someone who is more prone to jealousy. Another factor is the level of trust in the relationship. So that absolutely affects jealousy. And a third factor is what 
we call in couples therapy, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Now, this is a concept that comes out of Julie and John Gottman's work, who've been researchers in couples therapy for over 30 years. And there's these four things that happen in relationships that if they're going on, then it does not bode well for the relationship. And that is stonewalling, meaning a partner refuses to talk about something, will just completely shut down and not talk. Contempt, defensiveness, and criticism. So stonewalling, contempt, and criticism all predict jealousy, meaning when they're more present, then the partner is often more jealous. A fourth factor in here is how the partner reacts to the jealousy. So if the partner tries to stay reassuring, positive, they try not to go into real blame and reactivity, that's going to actually help the other person feel less jealous. It creates security in the relationship. And I see this as self-soothing. A big factor in jealousy is, do you have the ability to regulate your own feelings, to soothe yourself? And does your partner also help you do that? So sometimes this gets into a demanding kind of stance in partnerships, like you need to, or you have to, or the only way for me to feel better is if you do this which isn't often the truth of the matter. When you look at relationships that function in a more positive, healthy way, then what you find is the partners have this ability to soothe themselves as well as soothe each other in positive ways. So it's like, oh, come over here and and let me rub your back, honey. Or did you have a hard day? You know, let's just talk about this. Like the partner who's staying calm versus imagine a partnership where someone brings up a fear, like, oh, I was really fearful today when you're driving around with your coworker and the partner explodes about it. Okay. And then it leads to like a three hour fight instead of, oh, <laughs> that's so funny. There's no reason for you to be worried about that. You know, next time I'll put you on speakerphone and they'll know you're real or something. I don't know, whatever reassurance you want to throw out there. That's a very different dynamic than one that's explosive. So how the partner reacts definitely is a factor here. Now, let me say that that's more for, let's say some mild jealousy. When you start getting into more severe jealousy, more obsessive jealousy, anxious jealousy, then the partner will often start off as soothing, but over time get worn down and tired of it. Like really just saying, I I don't even know what to do here. Often they'll feel helpless. And sometimes that'll go into some anger states and reactivity in them, which is often when I see the person in my office, like they're saying, Hey, you've got to get some help for this. I love you. I want to be with you, but I can't live in a relationship where I'm feeling controlled all the time. And like, I have to report all of my actions to you. And you know, I can't talk about jealousy without talking about social media. It is absolutely a factor. It does create jealousy. They do know that. Less so the less you're on it. So if someone's on their their Facebook all the time, their Instagram all the time, their Twitter, you're going to have more jealousy generally than someone who's not. Sometimes this is a a match, a mismatch issue too. So if partners match on that, they're both on there all the time and they're both having fun with it and it's completely open, then you'll have less jealousy than if there's a mismatch. One person's on it all the time, the other one isn't. 66% of people 
admit to monitoring and checking out their partner's Facebook messages. So that's like the majority of people, right? And then there's another 33% that say they're waiting patiently for the opportunity. I find that like an absolute hilarious response, right? They're just waiting patiently for the opportunity to go in there and see what's going on. But one of the highest risk categories for affairs is an old boyfriend or girlfriend where they reconnect on Facebook. Hey, when Facebook came on the scene, which I am old enough to remember that, they began studying this almost immediately, like saying, like affairs began popping up immediately. And so they began studying it immediately, like what's going on here. And it is one of the highest risk categories, an old boyfriend or girlfriend. And one of the solutions to that is to have an open Facebook policy when you are in a committed relationship. Often couples will post a picture of them as a couple so that people don't reach out to them. And it's, it's a practice to continue to set boundaries if old boyfriends or girlfriends reach out to you and say, Hey, how are you doing? Just want to know how you're doing. That's how it starts, right? How are you doing? I just want to catch up. And then you start talking and talking and there's a certain level of intimacy there that is a risk that is a holdover from that previous relationship. And one of the solutions is not just for the coupleship to make it clear they're a couple on Facebook, but also FaceTime themselves, like doing things together, spending time together off of social media, eating together, creating rituals like coffee in the morning or a cup of tea at night or a reading that you do together, like all these rituals that couples do that help strengthen the relationship and help them reconnect in the real world. That's some of the best protection you can do against a virtual affair. Okay, so let's get to whether hypnosis can fix this for you. There is no short answer to this. It is not just a clear cut yes or no. When I looked in the research literature for hypnosis for jealousy, I came up with zip. Okay. Nobody has been like, let's do a study on jealousy and see if hypnosis can fix this. So I'm just going to put that out there. There's no research here. With my experience as a couples therapist and knowing how to work with jealousy and with my experience doing informed work around emotional regulation and helping people with those skills, like what do you do when you have intense feelings and jealousy will often fall into that category, intense feelings, full body washes that come over someone, the obsessive thoughts. So combining all of this, my experience as a couples therapist, my experience with anxiety and OCD type of behavior patterns, and my experience with emotional regulation work and helping people with that. That's DBT, dialectical behavior therapy, informed work. Then what I came up with is, all right, hypnosis often helps with emotional regulation and self-esteem. So it's very clear that hypnosis can help boost somebody's self-esteem. In the field, technically, we call this ego strengthening. So their self-esteem and how they function in the world and how they feel about themselves very clearly can be helped with hypnosis. It is a suggestion that I would say I put almost at the end of every hypnosis I do. Whether I'm working with migraines, chronic pain, depression, anxiety, often when I'm doing a hypnosis, 
I am putting in there the suggestion that the person is feeling better and better about themselves every single day, that they are functioning better, that they are able to move through the world feeling more and more self-esteem. Okay. I try to work it in different ways, but some point during the hypnosis that is put in there. And when you look at the research on jealousy, one of the big factors is low self-esteem in someone. The thought is I'm no good unless someone loves me, or I'm no good unless this person loves me, or no one will love me again. When you really dig down into the base of it, it's fear. Like, What's going to happen if this person leaves me? So I'm going to obsess about that as a way to control those feelings is often what's going on. It's an attempt to control. It's an attempt to control your life by controlling your partner's life. Like this feeling of my life is dependent on that person. So I'm going to control that person, which doesn't work. It just increases those feelings of jealousy. That's all that does generally. Versus... Let's go in and work on developing yourself, developing your own independence, ability to be with yourself, ability to support yourself, this feeling that you're a good person, that there's other people out there in the world, even if something did happen to this partner. Like I totally get intense attachment. You know, people who've been married for years and years and years and can't imagine their life without someone. But ultimately, when it comes down to it, It's like if something happened to that person, whether it's through an affair they have and they decide to leave the relationship or something happens to them, some tragic accident, or they just decide they want to leave the relationship, period, there's been no affair going on, then the other partner is better off if they have this feeling that they can handle it. You know, people talk about Um, the negatives of divorce, you know, nobody wants to get a divorce, right? Generally, it's like, you you don't, um, you don't generally find people who get married and are like, this is, this is going to be a great first marriage, right? (laughs) Like that would be awful. I mean, you definitely have people that go into it more realistically these days saying, we'll see what happens. Divorce is an option. But generally, if someone's getting married, you're hoping that they're in love with the other person and thinking, at least hoping that they'll spend a good portion of their life with them. Now, once you've been divorced, then you do have this effect of, you know what? I've been divorced. I could handle it if something happens. Now, it's not pleasant often. You talk to people of divorce, myself being one. It's not like that was a happy time in their life. It certainly wasn't in mine. It was pretty devastating. Even though I was the one that initiated the divorce, it was still devastating that it had to happen. Once you recover from that, you generally do have this sense of, well, if it happened again, I could handle it. Why? Because you have, you've done it. You've had the experience. When you talk to people who have never been divorced, it is often this almost anxious, overwhelming feeling of like, oh my God, I can never handle that if that happened. Like I would just die. That's what they'll say. I would just die if that happened. I would absolutely die if my husband ever had an affair. They'll often say that. And the reality of that is that people think that they know what they would do if someone had an affair and what they actually do is very, very different. Almost always. So my point here is that you have an advantage actually, if you have been divorced with that feeling of if something happened, I would handle it. Now, if you don't have that sense, then 
I would work on that personally. I would work on that of perhaps you're a divorce and you're like, I am never doing that again. That was awful. And I couldn't handle that. Right. I mean, I'm sure there's those people in the world as well. And that's something for you to work on in terms of how do you manage your own feelings? How do you regulate your own feelings? How do you see yourself in the world? Do you see yourself as whole and able to move forward? Or do you see yourself as broken? I talk a little bit about that on one of my recent YouTube videos of, I think it's titled, Are You Broken? No, no. You are broken, but are you fixable? That's the title of the video, okay, for people who feel broken. So my point here is that hypnosis can go in and help you with the self-esteem and help you emotionally regulate, help you handle the intense feelings, help bring some of that intensity off of the feelings. So that's often a usefulness of hypnosis that I don't actually hear a lot of people talking about is that when someone comes in and they're having this intense feelings going on of something that's causing them distress and we put them in hypnosis, the intensity of those feelings will often come down and decrease and they're very, very soothed by the end of the session. They're walking out feeling much better, more stable, more grounded and soothed. So hypnosis helps on that level as well, particularly when you're talking about jealousy. All right. I hope that helps and it was not too rambly today. I think this is an absolutely fascinating topic and just deserves some attention around what is it, how to handle it, and how to help yourself with it, or how to have someone else help you with it, right? Like a hypnotherapist. All right, people, have a wonderful week. Peace. I hope you truly enjoyed today's episode. Remember that you can get free hypnosis downloads over at my website, drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com. I work all over the world doing hypnosis. So if you're interested in working with me, please schedule a free consultation over at my website and we'll see what your goals are and if I can be of service to you in helping you reach them. Finally, if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast or tell a friend. That way more and more people learn about the power of hypnosis.